Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, you won't have the locker room now. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Yes, yesterday, the big news in the NBA. We thought it was going to be Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier. Miami upgrades a point guard. But, um, the you Bucks couldn't are... wait to slip that in, could you? I had to find a you way could, somehow. You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait for us, Miles. No, no. It's a good move. Um, <laughs> the Bucks, after 43 games... Fire their head coach, Adrian Griffin, 30-13 and 13 on the season. And I got to be honest, I give the Milwaukee Bucks a lot of credit for what they did yesterday. It stinks for Adrian Griffin and his family. I'm not rooting – I don't know this man. I'm not rooting against him or anything like that. He's going to potentially have another shot in the NBA. Everybody says, oh, he'll be a head coach again. Yeah, but he's going to have – the interview process is going to be very tricky for him because he's going to have a lot of questions that may have to go unanswered as to what happened here in 43 games that you were handed and earned – one of the best teams in the league, and you lost that position within 43 games. But the reason that I give the Bucks credit, I think everyone in life can relate to, if you have a tough decision, you know you're in some sort of business or personal or professional relationship that you know is just something's off, it's not going to work, it's really hard to get out of it publicly and in a costly way that's going to cost you millions of dollars. And the Milwaukee Bucks malls realize, you know what, there's something off here. The defense, Terry Stotts' assistant coach, walks out before the season starts. Giannis and Dame don't seem to be clicking um, with the head coach the way in which they should. We're going to do it now because we can project out that in the postseason, the way that this guy is coaching this team will not work. Give them a lot of credit for moving this way the way in which they did yesterday. So do I because even if things seemed amiss, you could look at the record. You could look at the win percentage and say maybe it'll self-regulate as the season goes on. And it takes a lot of guts with with the record that they have and with the time that he's been employed to pull the plug on it now. But if they truly believe that this is not the guy for the job and they want to maximize the finite amount of time that they have to capitalize on this championship window – Kudos to them for making this decision because it can't, it couldn't have been an easy one. But I also think simultaneously we have a lot of questions that popped up with, well, then why was he the hire in the first place and how did it go so left so quickly? Yeah, I, I, I don't give them credit for making this decision because they made a mistake when they let go of Mike Budenholzer. They overreacted when they got bounced in the first round to a Miami Heat team that eventually would go on to the NBA Finals. Like that, that they... They did too much. I mean, you saw what this team was with Budenholzer. Giannis developed into a guy that won back-to-back MVPs. You won a championship. But most importantly, you had a formula for success. This team played really good defense. And then you were able to you know, maximize what you did on the offensive end featuring Giannis and then Chris Middleton coming back healthy. And then eventually what you would get from the point guard situation. But now, when you got rid of Drew Holiday – and you took a step back in terms of your defensive personnel. You added offensive firepower with Damian Lillard, but because your defense is taking such a hit, such a hit, now all of a sudden you've got to get into shootouts, and I'm not sure that you're going to come out on the winning end each and every night. So I guess that volatility is why I don't trust the Milwaukee Bucks to accomplish the ultimate goal, which is to win a championship. And let's not get it twisted. Like this is 
This is a situation where they're trying to maximize what they're getting out of Lillard and what they're getting out of Giannis. You have a finite window to make it work with these two superstars. Mm -hmm. They're locked in for the next three or four years. you got to make it work during that span. And I just didn't think that this was the time to be test driving a a head coach that didn't have any experience, but then also having to rely on Doc Rivers, somebody that wasn't coaching a team that was in the booth, to come in and salvage your season. I just don't look at this as a situation where it's going to work out well, where it's going to work out like the Cleveland Cavs did once upon a time, 2015-2016 season, where they fired Dave Blatt in the middle of the year and they had Ty Lue take over and win a championship. I don't think it's going to go that way with this group and this coach. Well, this is even – so there's a lot to this, right? Because we don't – what we saw yesterday, let's acknowledge, we don't see, like ever in sports. We don't see anything this quickly. Because even the one that CeCe just referenced is the one that everyone rightfully so is referencing. That was Blatt's second year, right? And Ty Lue was already on the bench. So, you know, there was – and Richard Jefferson was on NBA Today yesterday, and he was on that team, and he said basically – it's the same play calls, the same system, et cetera, but a different voice kind of doing it and some, some changes. This would be, if it is um, Doc Rivers, which I believe it's going to be, Adrian Wojnarowski has reported that, that's somebody from the outside who's coming in with, without his guys with him. It's not like he has um, you know, his assistant coaches ready to go. The Budenholzer thing is fascinating because you are right. I think they would be, even if they hated Budenholzer, they would be better in terms of chances to win a championship this year with him as the head coach. No doubt. Record may be the same. But projected record would probably be better. Now, that said, the year they won a championship and they beat the Suns, he was going to be fired that year if they didn't win a championship. So this is a guy that had been on the hot seat for a while, and Mike Budenholzer. Now the Milwaukee Bucks is an organization. You want to talk about commitment to winning. Sure, Giannis, you you want something long-term? You want to upgrade the team? We go get you Dame. You want your contract extension? We give it to you. You want Budenholzer out? We get him out. You want us to pay Budenholzer and and you wanted Adrian Griffin in? We got him. You want Adrian Griffin out already? We're going to pay two coaches and now a third. The Milwaukee Bucks as an organization are committed to winning and they're committed to doing this with Giannis. I have to own the fact for me because I am su- I admit all this. I am such an MJ stan uh-huh. that anytime LeBron is compared to MJ, I go crazy. And okay. I, right? Sure. If this situation was happening with the Lakers, I'd be way more critical of LeBron than I am of Giannis. And I think it is not fair that we are not more critical of Giannis here in that he said Larry Drew, he said Jason Kidd, he said Mike Budenholzer, he's had Adrian Griffin, and now he's going to have Doc Rivers, and Joe Prunty's been the assist- uh, interim coach twice. That's a lot for one title and one finals appearance. If this were LeBron, we'd be more critical. This guy, we're talking about Giannis, has arguably been, outside of Jokic and now Embiid, the best player in the world. We should be more critical. Of yeah, that. but we knew Giannis didn't have any excuses once they went out there and made the Demian Lillard trade. So I don't care who the head coach is. I'm assuming that the organization got Giannis to sign off on making the move from Budenholzer to Adrian Griffin. So this is always going to be on Giannis, yeah. some way, some shape, some form. And so I think this just heightens the degree of of scrutiny that we're going to have for Giannis and the Bucks moving forward. Agreed. But in looking at this big picture. Now, all of a sudden, I feel a lot better about the Philadelphia Sixers being able to come out of the East and get to an NBA Finals, more so than I have in any given year, because the guy that they have as their head coach, Nick Nurse, was probably the most viable head coaching candidate in this year's past hiring cycle, and they got him. And what does Joel Embiid look like since they got him? I mean, the guy won an MVP last year, and I'll make an argument that he's head and shoulders better than he was this year than he was last year. Like, he's that much more evolved as a player. And I I believe in the prospects of the Philadelphia 76ers. And when you compare them to the top two teams in the East, that being Boston and Milwaukee, you have to look at the coaching situation and say, I'm more confident in Nick Nurse than I am Doc Rivers, 
than I am Joe Mazzula with the Boston Celtics. And so I feel like the Philadelphia 76ers, because of this move, it just puts them closer to actually breaking through that ceiling that has been the second round for the past three years. So so Philadelphia is probably the biggest beneficiary of the decision that the Milwaukee Bucks made just because it's going to be so hard to shift course in the middle of the season and have true championship aspirations when you have Doc Rivers parachuting in to that, that circumstance. And think about the pressure they now feel. Yeah. While we give them credit for acknowledging that it wasn't working and making this decision, having an early hook, Having Doc Rivers come in and having him now have the pressure on him to make things different in a truncated amount of time has not only pressure on him, it has pressure on the organization to make the right decision this time around. There's pressure on the the players to really fall in line with the messaging and the plan that Doc Rivers has. I absolutely think that other teams who are already in the rhythm of the season, particularly a Boston or a Philadelphia, are at an advantage here. And it should go, we should note, that when the Bucks fired Mike Budenholzer and they were interviewing coaches, the three reported finalists, as discussed yesterday between Zach Lowe and Adrian Wojnarowski on NBA Today, 3 p.m. Eastern ESPN, that the three finalists were the guy they hired in Adrian Griffin, mm-hmm. Kenny Atkinson, current assistant for the Warriors, who was a former Nets head coach, and the aforementioned Nick Nurse. And I believe personally, if Nick Nurse got the same exact financial terms for both Milwaukee and Philadelphia, and I have no evidence of this, this is a guesstimation, he would have taken Milwaukee. Why? At the time... The James Harden situation was a complete mess. You did not know how that was going to work out. Now, you didn't know Dame Lillard was going to be there because he wasn't there at that time. And maybe Milwaukee would never have hired Adrian Griffin. Maybe they they would have went a different route if they had Damian Lillard before they did their coaching search. But it's interesting. So the the flip side of this. So Nick Nurse could have been the guy. If the Milwaukee Bucks win the championship this year, hypothetically, one of the most significant pieces of NBA news, I believe, over the course of this year, will be when Terry Stotts, an assistant coach, walked out the door. Terry Stotts was a head coach in Milwaukee, head coach in Portland. Dame comes in. Dame had played for him, thrived under him. Terry Stotts is there as that veteran right-hand man. We talk about it, Sean McVay bringing in Wade Phillips. Uh, Antonio Pierce bringing in Marvin Lewis. Like, hey, let me find somebody who's been there and done that. Smart. Go bring in Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts walked out before the season started said, I can't do this. That was the biggest red flag initially with Griffin. They make the quick hook. If the Bucks go on and win this thing, they made the move early to, to change. And that Terry Stotts move, you brought it up, I brought it up, I think was an important one with all of this. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just curious from Terry Stotts' perspective, is it I don't want to work with Adrian Griffin? I don't want to work with Dame. Like, where, where did it if come he in comes at? back to the Bucks that would be an assistant coach, we'll know oh, the answer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Do you call him? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. But here's the problem with the Bucks: Like, they won a championship because they were so good defensively. Correct. Like, the last, like the last couple of years, you're talking about them being top five in defensive efficiency. This year, they're 21st. Mm. They're absolutely awful. Right. They can't stop anybody. And if you're going to win in the playoffs, you got to get stops. I don't give a damn how good Damian Lillard is. I don't care how good Giannis is. You're going to have to stop somebody. And the fact that they can't stop anybody is what has me concerned, especially when you got to deal with Joel Embiid, an MVP candidate, MVP frontrunner. You got to deal with Jason Tatum, who's always in the conversation for MVP, the Boston Celtics. You're going to have to stop people. The Indiana Pacers, they can score at a high clip. You, you already struggle with them. Four, you're 0-4 yeah, against the Pacers this year. Why? Because you can't stop anybody. Yep. Like, at some point, you got to get stops, and that was Coach Bud's calling card. Yep. That's not the calling card of this team, and I don't know changing from Adrian Griffin to Doc Rivers is going to change that. You know, you wonder, and I understand as a Heat guy that I maybe have some bias here, but 
or a lot. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so. you do wonder if Damian Lillard has amazing self-realization of who he is and how he plays and thought to himself. One of the reasons he wanted to be in Miami is they're going to cover up everything defensively. I no never doubt. have to worry. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Point. You know, Bud would have helped do that mystery of we didn't know what Griffin was going to be no. right and I don't know that Doc is going to do that I mean Doc no, I don't think Doc's going to do that Doc yeah. is known as an all-time great guy this would be his fifth head coach job in the NBA full-time he has won a championship but Doc is most known for playoff failures Doc is looking real Mike McCarthy-ish ain't he I mean he he getting a lot of mileage out of that 2008 championship with the Bucks. I mean with the Celtics ain't he mm-hmm. like it just it just feels like that like I like, I, I wish him all the success. Like, I know he's a great guy. He's a great broadcaster. He was great with Darsburg this year when he was working with her. But I just, I, I don't know that Doc is going to be the answer for all of the problems that the Bucks are facing, especially with the last two stops that we've seen from Doc being so underwhelming. That's actually a really good comparison. Has the title, has had a lot of playoff success, disappointing playoff exits. Everybody seemingly loves Mike McCarthy the way that they love Doc. Had Rivers. MVPs. Had MVPs or, and a lot of talent around him. That is a really fair comp. You look a real Mike McCarthy. That is a really good comp. Here's the problem. We always talk about presenting a problem with a solution. I don't have a solution if it's not Adrian Griffin because I don't know. Like the Warriors are not going to necessarily let Atkinson out of his contract. You know what I'm saying? Like in season, I don't know where you go if you're them, and I don't know that Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, or anybody that's out there would be better than Doc. Well, I don't know that you make this move without having an assurance that you're going to be able to work it out with Doc. Like if no, no, the- I know, but I'm saying if you and I and Smalls and we look at this and say we're not sure he's the guy that put you over the hump or put you over the top. I, I don't know who is that's available in in season. Mm-hmm. Well, this is why you don't mess up your for show for some more. This is why you don't fire Coach Bud. This is it right here. This is the reason why. It's an interesting question. Would Bucks fans right now take Bud back? Probably. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Boy, there's a lot of coaching news everywhere in sports right now. From Adrian Griffin out, the potential of Doc Rivers in in Milwaukee. We have a big presser today <laughs> in Philadelphia. We have CC dancing with Sirianni and, uh, well, he's so not dancing good. with Sirianni. The presser is with Sirianni and Howie Roseman today. I don't think Sirianni would be a great dancer. No, I don't think so either. What does Sirianni do well? Oh, Can boy. anybody answer oh, that boy. question? Pat Costello, Keep you are a resident Eagles fan. What does Nick Sirianni do well? Uh, he 
is really good at making bad headlines for himself. He's good at keeping his job. Really good. I mean, is that a is that a good attribute to have as a coach? Oh, you wanted something good? Yeah, something good. Oh, no, good. nothing. Can, no, we, no, use no, the Josh, no, can we use the Josh Allen approach? What's that? He woke up today. There you go. He woke up. He woke better up. Better like, than the alternative. He woke up like this, employed by the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. Better than the alternative. Yeah. Don't uh, really know what he does. But he's employed. He don't call plays. But the greatest coach of all time is not employed. Bill yeah. Belichick. Dan mm. Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, had this on Atlanta and Belichick. The big name in Atlanta all along has been Bill Belichick, who has had multiple interviews with the team, but also has not reached an agreement at this point. I've been told there is some there are some issues to work out in terms of organizational structure, who will have power over what, etc. And if those issues can't get worked out to everyone's satisfaction, then Belichick and the Falcons are likely to wish each other well, and the Falcons will look at other candidates. They are conducting an incredibly thorough process. They have talked to Mike Vrabel. They have talked to Jim Harbaugh. They have talked to all those hot assistants from Detroit and Baltimore that they're not allowed to talk to again until next week. Uh, Their list is very long. So if it doesn't work out with Belichick, they have a lot of guys they can pick from. I just think about Belichick wishing them well if he doesn't get the job. That's not going to happen. Like, Arthur, you know, best of luck with the rest of the season and their search here. Um, <laughs> that ain't happening if he doesn't yeah. get the job. Now, Adam Schefter joined us yesterday, and the Belichick current situation where he's looking for the right fit for him, but it seemingly is only one team right now, reminds him of another situation that Belichick is pretty familiar with. The best analogy for it, when Brady was an unrestricted free agent, Leaving New England, there were only two teams, two, that showed real interest in him, and that was the Chargers and the Buccaneers. 30 other teams all made the decision that they would rather have their guy. Okay, so the Chargers at the time had Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback, and they didn't make it obvious for Brady to go there. The um, Bucks had Jameis Winston, and obviously they got him a Super Bowl and playoff appearances later. Now, I went back and I looked, guys, at uh, 2020 going into that season. Who were the starting quarterbacks on teams that we could have potentially seen Tom Brady going to and who they kept over him? That'd be Carson Wentz in Philly, Derek Carr with the Raiders, Jimmy G in San Francisco, Philip Rivers with the Colts, Ryan Tannehill with Tennessee, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami, Daniel Jones with the Giants, and the aforementioned Tyrod Taylor with the Chargers. Needless to say, I'm going to guess that those teams regret not going harder for Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Will the same thing happen now with Belichick? I think so. Um, Not only with some of these existing vacancies, but I wonder if we're talking about Philly, Dallas, Buffalo, maybe making a change a year from now and wishing that they would have done it right now as we're talking when Bill Belichick was available. I cannot for the life of me understand why the Chargers are not more in on Bill Belichick. You have a quarterback. You have a lot of pieces. You're irrelevant. If you're in on Jim Harbaugh, why wouldn't you be in on Bill Belichick? Yeah, especially when you seemingly in win-now mode because of your salary cap situation. It feels like you would have more urgency about going about this But I guess it comes down to, are you willing as an organization to make the kind of commitment that it takes? And that's going to involve a lot of people ceding power to Bill Belichick. Now, the interesting part about the Chargers is like you're you're going through a front office turnover as well. So why wouldn't you consider bringing in somebody that has that experience being a football czar? And I'm not saying that Bill Belichick has been great in the draft, but Bill Belichick is great when it comes to pro free agency. Bill Belichick is great at being able to identify guys in the National Football League that can do very specific things that accentuate the core of players that you already have. Why wouldn't you do that? It just seemingly makes sense. And here's the thing. The biggest concern about hiring Bill Belichick is how he's going to work with your quarterback 
You don't have to worry about that. You already have a very good quarterback in Justin Herbert. I would contend that Justin Herbert is a top five to seven talent at the quarterback position in the NFL. So you don't have to worry about the issue of developing a quarterback. He's already developed. It's there for you. All you need is a coach that can get the most out of the talent that you have in the roster and be the difference when it comes to closely contested games against quality competition, especially in the playoffs. Why don't we think Bill Belichick can do that? Do you think Bill Belichick would have blown a 27 nothing lead down in Jacksonville two years ago? Uh, no. Probably, Definitely probably not. not. He would so, have been on the other side of that. Well, I guess that's my point, though. Like, why, why would you hesitate to at least talk to the guy and see what he has to say? This is also an organization that's basically devoid right now of a culture or an identity. And he comes in, he doesn't only give you that cachet as one of the best, if not the best to ever do it, but he's going to implement an infrastructure that's going to set you up for future success. Even if he is only there for a couple years and you guys are in win now mode, you don't think that being able to establish a culture of winning, a culture of discipline is going to benefit you years from now? I just can't understand what their reasoning would be, at least not to kick the tires on Bill Belichick. Well, Dominic Foxworth, ESPN NFL analyst, joined us earlier. And one of the points that he made uh, was that if you hire Belichick, you could be firing yourself, right? Because he may take over the entire organization and bring in his people, et cetera, et cetera. Well, CeCe just made a great point. If you're the Chargers, there is nobody. There literally is nobody employed at the positions that he'd want people to be brought in at. So if you're the Falcons and you have Rich McKay as the team president, Terry Fontenot as the general manager, they may look at it and say, well, if we bring him in and he has Arthur Blank, the owner's ear, he may ask for this, this Scott Pioli or Thomas Dimitrov back or, or John Robinson or all these guys that worked with him in New England, and they may take our jobs. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's hear that out for a second. The Chargers? Does anyone work there? Who would be replaced? They need to fill these spots anyway. It's actually like, oh, wait, so we can hire you. You're the best football coach of all time, and then you can hire all this other stuff, and we don't have to worry about it? And if you're, Where do we sign up for that? And also, if you're in on Jim Harbaugh, the price point that Harbaugh would command clearly hasn't pushed you away. So I don't know if that would be a deterrent to going out and getting Bill Belichick, maybe the money that he would command. Well, it's interesting, the relevancy part of it. The Chargers are not a hugely relevant team in L.A. No. I think we're all aware of that. Or right? in the NFL, period. Right, okay. So is Harbaugh, Harbaugh may be the best sorry, fit for not. them in terms of head coach. That's fine. I think he's the third. He is the third in the rankings of coaches that could bring you relevancy in the market you're in. Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll are ahead of him. Pete Carroll is huge in L.A. Yeah. Pete Carroll would bring people to those games. Snoop Dogg would be there hanging out, bring people. Like It would be like the Colorado sidelines, which basically became the old USC sidelines with Pete Carroll. Yeah. Right? There would be a coolness factor. And Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. He'd bring you that relevancy. So you're right about the Chargers. It just doesn't – none of this seems to make sense to me at all in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, but I mean I, I'm just surprised that it's only the Atlanta Falcons that are even talking to Bill Belichick. Like, why aren't the Washington Commanders calling him? Why aren't the Seattle Seahawks calling him? Like, if for no other reason, just try to get whatever nuggets that you can from him, even if you don't hire him, there's going to be something of value that you can use to implement in your program to get your team to take the next step. Can I ask a really stupid question off of that? What's that? So, I understand when you get a job like that, you want to kind of believe, hey, I'm, I'm here, I earned this, etc. Maybe I'm an idiot on this. If it were me, even if I wasn't going to hire him, I'd want to interview him just to talk to him. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. Like, hey, I got to spend an hour with Bill Belichick. Like, even if we're not hiring him, there's got to be something You're going to learn something by sitting down with a guy that's been coaching in the NFL since 1975. <laughs>
Did you hear that? Did you hear what I just? He's been coaching in the NFL since 1975. Fifty damn years. He been. Why would you not want to talk to him? This is what. This is his life. He lives and breathes this stuff. And has had a lot of success. And has had a lot of success. Why would you not want to talk to him? That doesn't make any sense. And that's why I think there is some merit to front office people, general managers in particular, not wanting to bring him in, not wanting to talk to him because they don't want to cede any power, any modicum of control to Bill Belichick. It's the resume dictates that that would happen if you did in fact hire him and they don't even want to entertain the possibility that he could be their next head coach in in our world just very quickly it's as if our boss justin craig had an opening and howard stern was interested howard stern and espn don't feel like the obvious match but you, you may have, want to sit a, down for an hour and just take notes yeah if howard stern is interested in having a show on you ESPN. just sit there with a notepad <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what is the what is the matter so, with what, these people? so what exactly is your vision for how we get this thing fixed? <laughs> exactly tell me how we get back on track because that's now going to be my vision we're not sportsmen like on espn radio <laughs> For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, um, we've been calm, laughing, having fun today, right? It's been great. Bickering, it's ab- bickering about a couple of things here and there in terms of sports debates like we always do. I, I don't, don't know, know if I would call it bickering. What's the right word? Uh, Debating? Yeah, yeah. Debating. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're, Back and forth. We're going to... I'm going to try Civil for us course. to all stay uh, calm here, but there's no chance we're going to be able to stay calm with what's going to happen right now. Uh-oh. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh. No, I'm, I'm warning everybody. Let's be clear. Josh Allen has brought none of what is about to happen upon himself. He has never declared he is Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or better than Joe Montana or Tom Brady. He's never said, I am the greatest quarterback in the game today. I should be in the Hall of Fame. He's never said, I've accomplished all I need to accomplish in the game today. He has never said any of this. But Josh Allen has a lot of people saying it for him. Greg Olson, former All-Pro tight end, is awesome on the Fox broadcast. He and Kevin Burkhart are phenomenal at what they do on that Fox broadcast. He was a guest with Pat McAfee here on ESPN and had this take on Josh Allen. 
Think about the conversation right now with Josh Allen. I don't care what Josh Allen's playoff record is. If you have a brain and you watch that game the other night and you come across from that game that, oh man, Josh Allen can't get over the hump. Josh Allen's owned by... You should have no... You should not be speaking on the matter. If you didn't watch that game and come across and say, Josh Allen is incredible. That record is not indicative of Josh... The guy's insane. The guy's amazing. Yeah, Mahomes... But Mahomes is also insane and amazing. But like, we want to pin the losses on Josh Allen, but we don't want to give the wins to Purdy. It it just becomes a very (laughs) slippery slope. Okay, so I believe that Greg Olson would have that exact same take about Lamar Jackson. But I believe many people have that take about Josh Allen, and I have no understanding how if we're anointing a quarterback to be that great, we are just going to eliminate the idea of success led by the individual for the team in the postseason. I'm just so confused with all of this. Nobody is saying that Josh Allen isn't a good player. But let's stop with calling him a great player, right? Like, the greatness is, is, has to be defined by being at your best when your best is required and being able to compete and beat your opponents, the other great quarterbacks that are out there, and put your team in championship contention. He hasn't done that yet. Like, greatness is defined by being able to get MVPs, and MVPs is regular season success. And again, it correlates to putting your team in position to compete for championships. Josh Allen ain't got no MVPs. Josh Allen ain't been to a Super Bowl. So stop calling him great. He is a a singular talent. He is phenomenal in terms of the physical ability that he brings to the table, but that hasn't translated to taking the Buffalo Bills to where they want to go. And I'm sorry if he's so great as a quarterback, then why the hell did you have to fire your offensive coordinator in the middle of the season? If he was so great, if he's so great, why did he have a stretch where he, of games where he threw 12 interceptions over the course of 13 games? If he's so great, why did the team start out 6-6? Six and six? Like, I just, like, that's the thing. Like, we throw that word around lightly, and I just don't understand it. Greatness is reserved for quarterbacks like Pat Mahomes, quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. Stop calling this dude great. He hasn't done anything to warrant being called great yet. He's a great, he's a, let me say this, he's an incredible talent. He's a yeah. phenom. There's no question. Like, he's 6'5", 250 pounds, runs like a baby deer. Like, he's amazing. He's got a howitzer on his right shoulder. Like, he's amazing from that regard. But let's stop calling this dude great. Like, your greatness, I just, it's, it's reserved for people that achieve at a championship level. It's people that are going to be wearing gold jackets. Josh Allen is not there right now. That's not who he is as a player. Maybe he can get there. Not going to take that away from him. He has potential. But as Bill Parcells used to always say, potential just means you hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation around Josh Allen is in ways kind of unfair because he is a really great quarterback. I know you don't want to use the word great, but I think he's a top 10, maybe top five quarterback. He is a remarkable talent. He's a game wrecker. But he can't get past Patrick Mahomes. He can't get past that guy. And whether it's fair or not, we put it all on the quarterback. We always like to compare quarterbacks to one another. Manning and Brady. We want it so badly to be Allen and Mahomes. And he can't get it done in the playoffs. And there's always just a little thing with Josh Allen that can make the argument one way or the other. He could play great, but then he'll have the interceptions. He could play great, but then there's those incompletions down the stretch that put them in the position for the field goal. There's always something that allows some people to not go there all the way with him. But I guess my whole point and why I don't want to call him great is because of what you just said. The butts. 
when you're great, you don't have the butts. You don't have the butts. You, you, the butts are gone. Like, there, there are no more butts. Like, Pat Mahomes is great. Full stop. Sentence over. Pat Mahomes is great. Full stop. Sentence over. Is there a butt with Lamar? He's a two-time MVP. Sentence over. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Is there a butt with Joe Burrow? No. He's yeah, injured. Yes, he's injured. Yeah, that's he's the injured. Butt. Health. I know that could be with everybody, but he's also had yeah, proof. Okay. In the I'm just telling you what uh, people uh, will uh, say. Right, you know how say, I feel about Joe Burrow. Well, you know, I'm just saying Joe Burrow got the team to the Super Bowl the year after he was drafted and he was the number one overall pick. With no protection. With, with, and he was the most sacked quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, if you want to say Joe Burrow has the butts, okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> but Joe Burrow also beat Pat Mahomes in Arrowhead to get to the Super Bowl. Put his team in position to win a championship. So I guess that's my whole point. With Josh Allen, there are all of these butts that come up. And if you're such a great quarterback, why do we have those caveats for you? We shouldn't have to use that to paint the picture around what you're doing as you're in your career. Based on what Greg Olson said, and again, I'm just using Greg's audio here as the, the jump off, Lamar Jackson can never be critiqued again. That's it. Yeah, doesn't, he said it's not about a record. Doesn't matter what he does this week. I, 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 doesn't I, matter what he does Here's this the thing. Week. I don't know how you throw out the record, though. How is the record irrelevant to the conversation? It's not about the record. He's great. Well, Smalls, you what, use, what the hell do you mean it's not about the record? What the hell are you talking about? Well, we use Patrick Mahomes' record as a point of emphasis to describe why he's great. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. How can you just dismiss the record? Nobody, you can't just dismiss the record. Context around the record matters. The record matters. But it's you, also even with Brock Purdy, context around the record matters. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy ain't a good quarterback. But we can't hype him up to be an MVP in this league and not give context around why he's been able to have so much success. It's not that anybody's trying to discredit Brock Purdy. We're just acknowledging the obvious. I know. You, you, you don't want to dismiss the record, but I also can't dismiss my eyes. I can't dismiss what I see. I can't dismiss him breaking off a monster run and putting his team in a great position. I can't dismiss some of the throws I see him make. And that's what I think is the problem with Josh Allen. It is a complicated case, but we see the it's talent. It's complicated. He's I think special. It's complicated. He's special. Nobody is saying Josh is special. I, I think Josh is amazing. I love to watch him play. I think he's amazing. I think he's great in and of himself because of the physical talent in terms of that physical talent. I'm saying great in terms of the physical talent. I think he's special. I love him for the city of Buffalo. I love him for that team, for the region of that country, like all that he does on and off the field. I love that about Josh, but he's not great. He's not great yet. Let's leave some room for greatness. Smalls, you use the term game wrecker. Okay, so if you think back to Cam Newton had comments, who was, by the way, in a Super Bowl and and won won an MVP. Uh, He had comments about the idea of game manager versus game changer. Okay, and I think the greatest quarterbacks, Mahomes, he's a combination of both. I think Lamar is becoming a combination of both. He's a game changer and game manager. But let's not combine them. Let's keep them separate. Game changer would be Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, based on Cam's definition. Game manager would be Brock Purdy. I love the game manager. I love the combo package. Game wrecker. That is exactly the term for Josh Allen because he can wreck the game for the Chiefs or for the Bills. And if you can wreck the game for both teams on a consistent basis, you need to find a way to become a game changer or game manager. You're not there yet. Brock Purdy has found his niche as a game manager. To some, that's an insult. To me personally, that is not in any way, shape, or form. That is the smartest way to be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. 
Patrick Mahomes is the greatest game changer maybe we have ever seen. Again, I think he's a combination of both. I think Lamar is a combination of both. Become one of the two. Because what he is right now is a game wrecker. He will wreck your defense or he will wreck his own offense. You know what? I hate this conversation around Josh Allen. You know why I hate it? Because it pits me in a position where it sounds like I'm hating on Josh. And I think he's awesome. He is so fun to watch. I mean, there was a play where he took off to scramble up the middle. The linebacker stepped up. Nick Bolton stepped up to try to tackle him. He dumped it off to the running back. I mean, this is the quarterbacks don't think of doing things like that. Josh Allen is special. I, I acknowledge that he's singular. I acknowledge that he's the reason, the, the driving factor in this team, winning four straight division titles. Nobody is saying that Josh Allen isn't a very good quarterback. Nobody's saying that he's not phenomenal. I'm just saying that he's not great yet. The only way this conversation and ends. he's not great, like you said, because he doesn't have the top line item on the resume. Mm-hmm. He ain't won no MVPs. He ain't got to a Super Bowl. He ain't won a Super Bowl. He ain't got a Super Bowl MVP. None of those things. This conversation ends one of two ways. Either he has the top line item on the resume, or he and he's not responsible for doing this, but or he comes out and says, guys, we got to stop with this. I hear and see everybody debating me. I don't have what Mahomes has. I don't have what Lamar has. We don't have what the Chiefs have. And until we have that, then I won't have that. Then don't put us on that level. We are here to get that at some point. That's the only way this thing ends. He ain't going to say it. And they can't win a Super Bowl or MVP right now, that's for sure. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. The Bills are only left thinking about what could have been the third time in four years Buffalo's postseason is ended prematurely by the Kansas City Chiefs. It's one happy team at the end of the season early, and when it's not you, it sucks. Smalls, by the way, do you agree now? I've, I've said that the last few days, you fought me off initially, that I believe Josh Allen is the most polarizing player in the league. Definitely on this show. Okay. <laughs> no, because you said Rodgers. We brought up Dak. I just want, I need to do, you always say, what is it, the wellness check? Yeah. I need to do the wellness check on Smalls, on okay, most polarizing fair. player in the league. After no matter how many ways we try to not do Josh Allen, it comes back to Josh Allen. 
He is certainly the most discussed player, but I think this is why I don't think it's that polarizing because we're, we're hyper fixated on the word great. Everyone is acknowledging that he's an awesome player. Whereas yep. I think when it comes to some of these other guys, maybe the discussion is, has a little bit more gray area. Oh, I think there's a lot of gray area here because people are comparing him to Mahomes and okay, Lamar. How about this? Do you think you could win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen as your quarterback? Not currently, no. Wow. Um, yeah, I think you can win a Super Bowl. So do him. I. I do. I do. I do think there's a lot of room for growth with Josh Allen in order to get to that point, though. But based on what you've seen, you think you could get he's got, But he's got, it done. he's got the physical talent, and I guess that's the whole point. Nobody is debating that. Right. Like, it's undeniable, the physical talent. But just because you're talented doesn't mean you're going to win a championship. Do you think you could win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? I think you can win a Super Bowl with Dak. I do. Do you? I would lean more towards yes, but I have to be fair. Not currently, no. If I'm going to say not currently about Josh Allen, I have to be fair and say that about Dak. Now, Dak does more of what I like, which is not give the other team the ball. Big breaking. I'm a big football analyst right here. I don't like when you give the other team the ball. Wow. Okay. Let me take a second for that to settle in. That was mind blowing. But I think that more people would agree that they think you could win with Josh Allen rather than Dak, which is why I think Dak probably would be a more polarizing figure. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Josh, right now, I think people are saying that Josh is underachieving based on the talent that he has. Yes. I mean, I mean, in comparison to the physical attributes of Pat Mahomes, I would argue that Josh has more. So why is Pat Mahomes great and Josh not? Well, Pat Mahomes has those intangibles. Pat Mahomes has that competitive greatness. He's at his best when his best is required more often than not. How many times can we say that about Josh? Again, it's potential. We're basing this off of potential. We're saying he has this ability. He can throw the ball 80 yards in the air. He can run a 4 5 40. He's 250 pounds. He's BYOB in the run game. Bring your own blocker. Like, this is a, a, a phenomenal talent. Yet he can't seemingly break through. And I guess that's the part that leaves me, uh, you know, looking at him with a little bit of a side eye. I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say that he can't win a championship. But he's got a lot of show and prove when it comes to being able to do so. And until he gets to that point, I'm not going to assign that level of greatness to him that people automatically seemingly want to give him. What year into an NFL career or a professional sports career? We're going to get to calls here at 888-SAY-ESPN on this in a sec. What year into a professional sports career does potential go go from potential to you haven't done it yet? How many years do you get? Like Victor Wembanyama, all potential right now. Yeah. They stink. With the Spurs. Yeah. How many years in do you look at it and say you've now crossed over from potential that to... Is, that is a hard question to answer because Bill Parcells used to always say, I give a guy three years to show me what it can do, then I'll make a decision. With Josh Allen and with quarterbacks in general, I think it's difficult because the career shelf life is so much longer than any other position. Like, if you're a good quarterback, you can play into your late 30s, early 40s in the NFL. So then let's call it six. Based on the rules. Let's double it. You want to double it? Well, I'm saying if Parcells is telling you, at, you know, the other guys. I'll give, yeah, I'll give you three, three years, yeah. And you're saying quarterback shelf life is longer. That's six. So that would mean Josh Allen is in year seven. Uh, no, year, year six. Year six this year. Year six. So that's it. He, he so, he is, it so, so he is what he is. And, and, and here's the thing. That, wow, that, that we, worked way we, better than we, I anticipated. We might, we, might, we might settle on that. That's the thing. That's right. the scary part about it. We might settle on that, and then people will look back on his career in retrospect. If he doesn't get to a Super Bowl, 
uh, if he doesn't win an MVP, and people will say he underachieved. I think we're trying so desperately to have Josh Allen avoid the Dan Marino lane. Because we, we look at Dan Marino as one of the greatest to ever do it, but he wasn't able to get that Super Bowl. But, but Dan got to a Super Bowl. And he won he, an MVP. Correct. And, and correct. But I'm, I think so many people look at Josh Allen and they don't want to put him in that what-if category because of the physical gifts. They don't want – because I, as a Dan Marino fan, always think about what if. God, he, if, if he had a run game, if this, if that – he has the potential to win you multiple Super Bowls. Dan Marino has the talent that he could have been the quarterback of a dynasty-type team. And I think a lot of people just really desperately want Josh Allen to avoid the what-if lane. But if Dan Marino is listening right now, shout out to Dan. Love you, Dan. He, he is probably saying, are you freaking kidding me? You're going to compare this guy to me? Like, are you kidding me? I ain't going to do it. Right. That's the, I, and I know you're it. not. I'm, I'm saying, not. I'm just saying yeah. as far as legacy is concerned, yeah. the what-if lane is a treacherous place to be. And a lot of people and, really love Josh Allen and don't want him to go in that category. Con- conversely, Phillip Rivers is sitting there watching and listening and saying, how come nobody defended me like this my entire career? Because I was him. Not him like H-I-M, like, like him. Uh, Mike in Columbus. Uh, 90, I mean, it is that him? Yeah. ninety-seven one. What's up, Mike? All right, guys, love the show. Um, first thing I want to say is, can we put an asterisk on everything that uh, Evan says based on his outcast take? Oh, um, yeah, that's fair, that's fair, Mike. That's completely fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'll right. give you that. Uh, second quick point, um, I'm a big Bengals fan, and Michelle, you're welcome to come be, come join us. It's a great place to yeah, be. Yeah, what about for uh, your, your, your single free agency that you have in the yes. NFL? The Bengals were almost the team. They were so there. You were like an inch away. I was texting and talking to my buddy DJ, who runs the station there, 1530 in I was Cincy. doing interviews in Cincy. You, you can't give him the rose, though. Not with the Joe Burrow injuries. You can't give him the rose. I want to so badly. Yeah. Okay. But, but, you got, is Mike but still next season, we got to figure it out. I yeah. really do need to to pick a team yeah. and fall in love again. I'm ready. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, last one I want to make, uh, and I'll hang up and listen after I say this, but um, I love Lamar. As a Bengals fan, I think Lamar is amazing. Um, I hate playing him. Respect the hell out of what he's done. But a lot of the points that I've been listening to uh, that Kenny was making, I completely agree with, with Josh Allen and the perception of where he's landed. But a lot of those things can apply to Lamar when you talk about the record and overcoming the butts. And uh, kind of a counterpoint to that, or I guess a, a piggyback on that, is McCarthy. Uh, same thing. You know, we talk about the record in the regular season and not doing it in the playoffs. Um, does that not apply to Lamar in the same way with overcoming those butts with the cast he had around him? Uh, thanks again. I love you guys. I'll hang up and listen. Fair point, Mike. Here's what I will say about Lamar. He's going to win his second MVP in a matter of weeks. Guys that win two MVPs wear gold jackets. They go into the Hall of Fame. So there's that. This is the second time he's had the number one overall seed in the AFC. But this is the first time he's had these types of weapons and he's had that kind of defense. Josh Allen has Steph Diggs since 2020, and Josh Allen has had a top 10 defense since he's essentially got there in Buffalo in 2018. Like Lamar Jackson did not have all of those things in place. So that is the difference to me, and that's why I don't necessarily think it's apples to apples when it comes to postseason success. Well, the, the other part of it, if we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy, if that was the comparison, he's got one. If Josh Allen had one even 10 years ago, we'd look at him completely different no than doubt. we do right yeah. now. No we're doubt. unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.